0: It's time for your weekly dose
1: of Wayne's
2: Comics. Welcome to episode 428 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week, I have a great interview with creators Frank Martin and Braden Cox. They've combined their two comics universes into one and have a Kickstarter that's going on. Their mashup book is called Modern Godhood, and we talk a lot about that during this interview. Of course, all this is taking place while the coronavirus pandemic is going on, so there's not a lot of new comics out there. But the Kickstarter promises to give us some good reading and great material. The book focuses on the god Jupiter, who's answering prayers, and that doesn't always work out the way he expects, which makes for great reading. We'll talk about how the book came to be, and what both creators have coming in the months ahead, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy what they have to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. to Welcome back to the podcast, Frank Martin from Modern Testament and Brayden Cox from Reclaiming Godhood. Let's see, Frank, you first. How are you?
0: I'm doing just fine, locked down at home. How are you doing?
2: Good, good. Well, that's, I think we're all in that situation. Brayden, how are you doing? Good, you know, still just enjoying the fine qualities of quarantine life, but... <laughs> You know, someday we'll look back at this now and people go, what? What are they talking about? And I'm looking forward to those days. The one word I don't ever want to hear again is coronavirus. I'm so tired of that. Everybody talks about it. So anyway, let's get to the, the message at hand here. You've got a Kickstarter going when this posts. And it's going to be called, let's see, Frank, we'll start
0: with you. What's the, the Kickstarter going to be called? The name of the book is Modern Godhood, which is a very clever mashup. Of of my series Modern Testament and Braden's series Reclaiming Godhood, it's obviously a crossover the two books, and it's a it's a one shot, and that's how we we kind of got the the title by mashing them together. Now you've had experience with this before, Frank. You did one with Luke Cooper with Hollow Girl. It was you know, a lot of parts of the experience were similar mm-hmm. in that they're both anthologies, they're both one shots that contain three short stories, but at the same token, they're very different books in that. Hollow Girl's got a way different feel than Reclaiming Godhood does. It's dark, it's noir, it's black and white. And Reclaiming Godhood really embraces the fantasy for which Modern Testament originally derived. So it's, it's action-packed, it's colorful, and it's got more of an air of, of, of fantasy to it than Hollow Girl did.
2: Okay. So Brayden, talk to me about uh, what it was like to take your, your creation and kind of work with somebody else on, on a hybrid of that.
1: So oh, it's actually a brand new experience. It's pretty nice since uh, Frank and I go way back since the, you know, insane comic days. And we thought it would be a very, like, well-done mashup if we had some of the ancient, more ancient mythological beings like Jupiter
2: having to fight off the biblical beings. Hmm. So this is a mix of mythologies then.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so that's interesting because I always like the I'm always fascinated by when these kinds of things meet. Now, of course, the, the main character in this book is Jupiter, the god Jupiter. And since it's kind of that comes from your book, uh, Brayden, why don't you explain wh- what Jupiter is up to at this point? So,
1: Jupiter's part of his daily routine as a god is to answer prayers. And by answering prayers and getting fellowship, like followers, is how he gets stronger with t- and maintains his godhood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we kind of mashed our ideas together and we actually will have that will be playing a
2: huge role within the uh, anthology okay so is this a continuation of your book where does it fall as far as your story goes it's not
1: a continuation it's just more of a in between
2: okay so it's like a during the downtime something happens yeah okay now frank how does that work as far as your modern testament goes where does it fit as far as your story
0: one of the great things about modern testament is that it's an anthology series to begin with mm-hmm. and all the shorts are standalone mm-hmm. so it really it's doing these sort of crossovers where I, I i mash up and i work with all different sorts of properties it works well in that i don't have to worry about continuity i don't have to worry about plots or rules of my universe i can kind of just really, really just start stories and finish them and as long as i'm, I'm adhering to the the characters in this case jupiter that I'm working with, it's, it's kind of all fair game. Mm-hmm. So what was it like to work with Jupiter? I mean, your stuff is usually more
2: biblically based as we were talking. What was it to switch mythologies and work with Jupiter
0: as a god? It was actually a lot easier than, than I thought it was going to be, mainly because, I mean, mythology, regardless of its biblical mythology, Roman mythology or whatever, they come from the same places as far as why these people created these stories in the first place. So so Jupiter as a character really works well in in just kind of mashing him up to other biblical beings and seeing how they clash and seeing how they would fight each other and how they would come into conflicts and and talking with Raiden and trying to decide which of the biblical beings uh, Jupiter should face. I mean that was – that was, I thought that was the most fun part of the process, was just trying to pair him up with who his foes would be in that sense.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Which biblical beings were
2: the ones that you decided to use, if we're to ask?
0: We ended up going with, uh, I'll go in the orders of the story. So the first is uh, Lilith, who I've always wanted to do a story with, but I never thought, uh, and I didn't want to, she pops up in a lot of pop culture stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw the new epi- uh, season of Sabrina on Netflix, and she was in that. She plays a role in True Blood. I read of a, a whole bunch of other horror fiction that she's in, so I didn't want to rehash any of that. Mm-hmm. So I thought uh, putting her up against Jupiter would kind of throw Jupiter in a different element that he's not u- really used to. So that's the first story. The second story Braden wrote is a uh, is a good old fashioned slugfest between Jupiter and the Beast from Revelation. It's a it's a great monster fighting story. And the last one has Jupiter fighting the uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Mm, okay. Because it's interesting, this, uh, Braden, your story
2: is actually titled Mark of the Beast, which is a biblical reference. How was that to go? I was to go the other direction. What was it like to bring in Jupiter into the, into the or the other way around, bringing the Bible stuff into Jupiter?
1: So uh, it was a little harder for me because I'm used to, I'm more based within like the Roman mythology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, Frank was able to guide me a little bit better. Like I had troubles with uh, a little bit of the beast story. Mm-hmm. But Frank was able to help me out with that and get me into a better direction and help me understand more of the biblical stuff better.
0: Okay. I like Brayden's kind of style with that story cuz he cause it was it's a very action-packed fighting story. There's a lot of um we're leaning heavily into Jupiter's capabilities as a fighter, which is right in Braden's wheelhouse. So he, he really scripted some great fight scenes that were depicted nicely in the arts. And, and I really I like that those action sequences. I think they, they go very well, and they're very dynamic and, and fluid throughout the story. So it's definitely, it's, it's a quick read, because it's a fight. There's not a whole lot of, Jupiter's not trying to talk the beast down from ending the world, but it's, it's definitely a, a visual highlight of the book. Now, how many stories are in this book, by the way? I'm kind of following the same format that I did with the, the, the issues of modern testament, which is there they're gonna be three stories of it.
2: Okay. So uh, as far as the book goes,
0: it's how many do you know how many pages you're gonna have in this book? It will be a, a thirty-two page book okay. and the stories are roughly I think ten and eleven pages, somewhere around there. Okay. Okay, great. Now now let's see, Brayden, did you choose
2: the artist that worked with you in, in your story, Mark the Beast?
1: Uh no so Frank found all of the artists and he got them to he he was the one that he's the mastermind behind the whole thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, it does kind of follow that format a little bit. It's a little different from reclaiming godhood in this in that sense. I,
0: yeah, I've been, I've been down this road before making these uh the books. The the format definitely leans into into the wheelhouse of modern testament and the way modern testament has been in the past. So it's. It was kind of easy for me. Just It was like I never stopped making the modern Testament books. I kind of just started the new process of continuing on in the series. So, but it was, I definitely ran everything by Braden and we talked about what type of art styles would breast best for, for each of the books. And, and I think we cre- came out with a, a great product at the end. Well, why don't we go down the stories? And
2: we'll run them in, in the sequence. The Lady of the Night, his name is the first story. And you definitely have Jupiter out of his element at that point <laughs> He is oh, not. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's great. Frank did really good writing that story. Because, you know, it's... (laughs) Well, let's just say Jupiter being, I guess, the ultimate man, suddenly discovers... We talked about it. It's Lilith. is the one that... And let's just say they go places that not many comics go, shall we say. And it's, it's a fascinating thing to see. He's answering prayers, as we've talked about. And he goes there to a place where Lilith is thinking... He sees women there, and he assumes that they're the ones uh, making prayers to him, and he can't immediately tell who it is. Well, he finds out along the way, <laughs> which is quite a surprise. And I, I, wow, that was a really interesting book. It just—I I, love the story of it because it was not what I expected for him to have to fight. And even when it gets to the end, the end is interesting too. It doesn't—it doesn't end up the way I expected. Frank, if you want, talk a little bit about
0: taking a god and putting him out of his element. Uh, yeah, so the the reason I wanted to go with this story and I had a lot of fun writing this is because I didn't want to... Uh, Braden did a great job with having Jupiter face the beast, which is a real physical foe. You know, it's, it's they're fighting. It's, it's, it really challenges Jupiter's powers. But I, I didn't want to just have three stories where it's just... Him fighting another monster, just kind of bashing each other's heads And I wanted to try to do something different, have something diverse, and challenge him in, in new and unique ways. And Lilith really has to do that. She kind of has to think outside the box, and she's got to get inside his head. And she's got to come at him from all these different angles and kind of throwing him off balance. So that was kind of my main, my main focus. And Lilith's got a great uh, drive and characterization for that, in that she was... Betrayed by the ultimate man in the, in the beginning, the first man, Adam. So she has this resentment towards men that she definitely uses to wrap Jupiter around her finger.
2: Because you get to the end and it ends, interestingly, I, I didn't expect the way it was going to end. You know, of course, Jupiter, I expect fisticuffs all the way. And of course, that's yeah. what Braden's going to deal
0: with. I don't want to jump right into to spoiler territory, but the, the the idea behind the ending was to not give Jupiter... The ending that he wanted, you know, that's Jupiter's used to fighting, and when he's end with fighting, he's got a down foe in front of him, and Lilith doesn't really give him that satisfaction. Kind of, I feel like Jupiter is very left, very unsatisfied at the end of this thing, and she definitely leaves with the upper hand. So yeah. I like, I like the way that story kind of trails off. It's tough to be to god, you
2: know, when you get down to things, and so when you get to the end, it's really interesting. I really, I loved seeing that the fact that it was so. Uh, that like I said, Jupiter's out of his element. This is something he's not used to. He's used to, and he's used to being like a superhero. He's used to punching his way out of things, and he can't do that in this first story. And so Jupiter is. I, I always think that if this was Superman, he would be the same. He would have the same frustrations that That's Jupiter perfect. has in here. It's really, a, really a different story. Very, very unusual
0: to see. Yeah, which, Lil, Lilith's weapon is not her fists. It's her, it's her words and her her guile and her. Her sexuality in a way. I and mean, she definitely uses all of that, uh, when she's quote unquote battling Jupiter.
2: Yeah. That, that was a great story. Now your story, as, as, uh, Frank has said, is like 180 degrees different from that one. Braden, talk about how you came up with the, the, the storyline and Mark of the beast.
1: We, uh, Frank, we, we were discussing it. Frank helped me a little bit. And, uh, the idea of the beast is uh, he comes during the end times and he just starts laying waste to the world. And so we took that and we put it inside of the story. And the way I took it was like, Oh, Jupiter's going to be praying to uh, like people are going to, he answers the prayers of people. So what happens is he answers a prayer from this parallel universe and he goes there and, you know, he finds, He answers the prayer, and then he finds out why he's there to answer the prayer. Mm -hmm. And essentially,
2: it's to slay the beast. Mm -hmm. I've got to ask you, I don't know many people that pray to Jupiter. (laughs) It may just be me, but of course, you can build the world any way you want. How many people in your universe pray to Jupiter? Is there a lot?
1: So, uh, at the beginning of my series, uh, as everyone has now read it, or is able to read it for free... Jupiter loses his godhood at the very beginning of the series, and mainly that's because a lot of his followers have, you know, disbanded from him because they think he's more of a – they think he's actually more of a myth now because of everything that's happened in his universe. Mm -hmm. And so they take more to praying towards, like, you know, like Zeus or
2: the other kinds of gods that are still around. Mm -hmm. Interesting because – I'm just so curious because, you know, you can structure the universe the way you you want – you know, and to make that happen, so I, I was left kind of w- wondering, you know, how many people actually pray to him. You end your story interestingly too, because you know you're talking about the fact that Jupiter needs Jupiter needs worshippers or followers, and you get a sense in your story that he's going to have followers for quite some time. I mean, that is that what you intended with it? And I don't want to spoil the ending, but that's the message. I yeah, can't that's mind. what we were
1: kind of shooting for. You know, we wanted to. My goal was to give kind of like that. I wanted to give a sense of hope for, you know, people within this universe.
2: Mm-hmm. A symbol of hope, I guess, is a better term. Okay. Which is good. It ends really interestingly. I really like that. And it's, and you're right. It's it's Frank, it's a very action-oriented story. And, and you know, he is basically after the Beast. And the Beast, of course, is there to fight. And they, they have it out, which is fun to watch. It was just, it's, it's so you know, it, it fits right in with your storytelling, Braden, quite nicely and it feels like an extension of your uh, of your tale. So it's really interesting. It's it's nice to see Frank kinda challenge you in a different direction, one that you might not even consider, Braden, to see him do that. But then when we get back to his I enjoy the, the the universe that you've set up and so I, I was really enjoying you know the battle. I, I, I tend to like action stories. I right now I'm in the middle of watching Star Trek Picard. And it's a very slow burn, if if you've ever watched it. It's not action-oriented. There's a lot of discussion going on. And I am I literally am sitting there going, will somebody punch someone? You know, as, as I'm watching it. And But your story, you know, after the first story that Frank does, where that's not quite how he gets to resolve things, it's fun to see him get back into his element and to do things the way that he likes to do them.
0: Oh, that was 100% by design. mm <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, Frank had a really cool design for the book. He
1: had like a really cool formula that he set up, and he wanted for as to follow. We were following, you know, the modern testament pacing, three stories, but he wanted one
2: where Jupiter loses one and Jupiter wins one. Okay, so that leaves us guessing what the third story is going to do, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's good because it's a you have in the book that I saw. Well, first thing I should say, you mentioned. Braden, something I think we need to talk about. You said that people can see Reclaiming Godhood for free. Do you, do you want to tell people where they can do that?
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, right now it's just on the Pugmara Studios Facebook page.
2: Mm-hmm. There's a
1: Dropbox link. You can download the PDFs, read them for free, and we will be putting it on Tapas or Webtoons later this year. Okay. So you will be able to read it on Tapas or you know Webtoons on one of the free online comic formats. How many issues have you, or books
2: have you put out?
1: There's issues one through three right now. Okay.
2: Okay, so that's good. Now, while we're on that subject, Frank, how about you? I mean, as far as, like, Modern Testament, how do people access Modern Testament?
0: Uh, right now, Modern Testament's available through my website mm-hmm. uh, at franktheriter.com and my store. But if you, if you're listening to this while the Kickstarter is active, you can actually get... Uh, print copies of Reclaiming Godhood, a uh, print trade of Reclaiming Godhood, I should say. And you can get copies of Modern Testament, all, all four volumes, through the Kickstarter. We're offering them up as rewards, obviously, in addition to Modern Godhood. So you can can pick up everything uh, from there as well. Very cool, very cool. Because I, I, I think people will get more out of it
2: the more of the universes they understand. So I'm always interested in having people uh, get into as much. Now, let's talk about the third story, because I don't have an end with the third story. it's I get a couple of pages, and then suddenly I get what looks like a poll. You want people to weigh in on the story. Frank, since it's, this is probably... See, you're the writer on this one, right?
0: Yeah. So, um, what we did was, in, in the, the story with Lilith, it's very uh, cerebral. It's very... It's challenging Jupiter through words and through his mind and not, not a fight. The Beast story, as we've been discussing is it's obviously a slugfest it's a fight it's kind of a superhero fight the third story is kind of a combination of the three in that jupiter has to face down the horsemen of the apocalypse and has to uh, try to convince them to not destroy the world and the, what we wanted to do with this story was we we have the first two pages finished we have mainly the story outlined for the most part but one of the horsemen is going to come forward and challenge jupiter in, in, a, in a one-on-one and we weren't really sure under who is that going to be so we wanted to present it to backers and readers and just pretty much everybody and and we're running a poll to see who that horseman will be and uh on the finished book you'll be able to see the results and so you can either choose between you know, the horseman death famine conquest war and we also have a a choice for all four of them in case you want to see Jupiter really go to town and, and fight them all now, what's interesting is on the
2: PDF, you can actually – it says click here to take our poll, and that you can actually do
0: that. Yeah, I wanted to give people like yourself, early readers and reviewers and podcasters a change to, to weigh-in. And an oh, easy way for them to do that was just right through the PDF, so that's why I put that in there. It goes to Google Docs is what it does. Yeah, I it just, goes to a, a Google poll, and there's access to it uh, through the Kickstarter page as well, so you'll be able to see it on there.
2: Cool. On there because i put my my wish in there but i clicked on it so uh, of course i i don't want to make it easy on you guys i put all four <laughs> i want it to be hard i, want, I like it better when you guys are challenged so i i said all four let's, let's see how those go now these guys are are the four horsemen are the si- how did you guys decide how to design them and, and and create the characters is this is more of the mythology from reclaiming godhood than from modern testament isn't it
0: uh, I mean, I think it's more for Modern Testament, would you say, Brayden?
1: Yeah, definitely. The Four Horsemen are definitely from Modern Testament.
0: Okay. Yeah, so what, the way Modern Testament works is I had four issues, essentially. And at the end of every issue, I focused on one of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So I've, d- I've worked with them before, individually, for the most part. Each story was focused on a different one. I wanted to go in a completely different realm here. I was trying to, in those stories, those isolated stories, I was trying to throw the four horsemen, put shine them in a different light, frame them in a way that readers hadn't often seen them, but in this story I definitely leaned into their traditional kind of uh, horsemen, warriors, death is a skeleton, you know, war is a is a is a is a uh, is a warrior, so that's kind of where I went with with that. How many pages is the story going to have? 10 when it's all done? Yes, the, the Horseman story will have 10. There's two that are in the preview that I sent out. And there's also two preview pages that are on the um, the Kickstarter page as well. So uh, backers will be able to go on and read those two pages and, and see how the story starts before deciding how they want it to end.
2: Okay, cool. Now, of course, the, the Kickstarter – now, tell us what you can about the Kickstarter. When is this going to end?
0: Kickstarter will run the entire month of April. So if it's April on the calendar, then the, the Kickstarter is active. Okay,
2: very good. Now, and do you know how much I, – I don't have it in front of me. How much are you asking for? What's your goal?
0: Our our goal is $2,222. We needed 2200 bucks, so we kind of – I had a little fun with it by throwing an extra $22 in there just to, to have it all to you. I had a little for lunch or something like that.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so that'll be good. So um, so who is hand- – I guess, Frank, sounds like you're the one doing the coordinating of the printing and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to have to work together, Bray and I, because we're going to have uh, Reclaiming Godhood as part of some rewards, Modern Testament. We're going to be signing some books. So uh, I guess I'm running the kickstart. Definitely going to be a a joint effort as far as the film goes. Are you guys, you know, given
2: circumstances that we're in right now, and we happen to be in the middle of the coronavirus stuff, uh, are you guys, I guess you're not going to be doing signings or anything because that's – that's verboten right about now. I, are you going to be like maybe do online chats or something together?
0: Um, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll probably be uh, we're on the opposite sides of the country, so I don't think we could do signings together even if we wanted to. But oh. we'll um, we'll definitely be sending books back and forth and, and trying to figure it out. And maybe a virtual signing would be cool, where we where we, we we sign at the same time or something.
1: Yeah, that'd be would be a good kind of like
2: reward and for the Kickstarter too? Yeah.
0: yeah. Any Anything to throw us on camera
2: yeah mm-hmm. amazing to have fun with it, because you know, part of the thing is I think one of the great things about you guys books is that it 's very involving is that uh, you get to see these characters challenged, which I always love, and you get to see all these things. You know, things you don't expect to see take place in your books, which I always love. I mean, I have read comics for decades and I'm telling you, I have I can usually see things coming a mile away, but your books, I have no idea what you're going to do, which is one of the things that I I absolutely adore about this stuff because I have I have been unsurprised many times.
0: I love my favorite things to do as a writer is is take tropes, you know, things people have seen that they're familiar with over and over again. And just, just try to do uh, throw a monkey in the wrench, you know, try to do something completely different.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that because I, you know, like I said, I have, I'm familiar with some of the mythology. I'm more familiar with the biblical mythology than I am with the Roman mythology. But I'm, I'm learning as I read your stuff about some of it. And, it's, it's, you know, I, I never know enough. I want to learn these things. And uh, comics often help me. I always hearken back to Gardner Fox and the early Justice League of America books where he taught science, for heaven's sakes. I knew the different elements because they went into a, 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 a universe where there was the, the four different elements were personified and they showed things and stuff. I remember coming out thinking, gosh, I learned so much about science out of this book. <laughs> so I love that in a comic. I, and I also enjoy being involved in it, too. It's not like a video game. You care about the characters. Like your, your first story with, uh, with Jupiter... I love seeing people out of their element and trying to figure out what to do next, and that's really good for him. But on the other hand, like in years, Braden, when he gets to be, do what he wants, how does he react in those circumstances? It's fun to see this guy. We're going to get to know this guy a lot better by the end of your book. So I really enjoy that. That's great. So it's going to end in April. April is Modern Godhood Month, is what we're going to do. Absolutely. And- yes, sir. So and one of
0: Calendar, and it's April, then the the, the
2: book is on Kickstarter. That'll be great. That'll, that's fun to do. Now, as far as the uh, other projects you're you're up to, because this one I, I'm I'm sure it's going to be a success. I can't wait to see it happen. And I think that that's a very reasonable goal. That should be. You might hit that in the first couple of days. Hope I'm, I'm hoping. Of course, all this will be passed a little bit when we get when this posts. But I'm I'm wishing big success for you guys. I I well maybe I should ask Frank. How did the other one go? I think we talked during the one with Hollow Girl. How did that go? The, you, you were successful with that one, right?
0: Yeah, that one was successful. It was a black and white book, so I had a, the, the goal was much lower, mm-hmm. but we were definitely successful and I sent out all the books and everybody seemed pretty happy with it.
2: Okay now which Kickstarter is this for you? What number?:
0: This will be Kickstarter number six. It wow.
2: will,
0: it's going to be my I will say fourth comic Kickstarter.
2: Okay, okay. Well now you have asked I have to ask a question of Braden, I'll get to you in a second here. But okay. when you say you what
0: were the other two? You wrote a novel, didn't you, at one point? Yeah, I did a, a relaunch of my first horror novel, which was a dual sided novel. It was a vampire story on one side, a werewolf story on the on the back. And I relaunched that with a new cover and a new material on Kickstarter. And I also did a, a short story collection that got wrapped up in January. So then and I I've done a I've done a collection, a modern testament trade through Kickstarter. I did, obviously, we talked about Hollow Testaments. And um, the other one was uh, oh, a, a one shot called a black and white psychological horror one shot called Empty, which ran last September.
2: Oh, I don't even remember that one. I must have missed that one. Darn it. I like to keep up with, up with you guys' stuff. I'll, I'll try to find it. Now, speaking of which, how do you get those books? I mean, Empty and, and your novel, how do you get those?
0: Everything is available through my website at uh, FrankTheWriter.com. Okay, very
2: good. Very good. And now let's see, Brayden, your turn. How many Kickstarters have you done? Which number is this for you?
1: So this will be four. uh, Three? Three or four. Uh, (laughs) I've Kickstarted all of The Godhoods and have been successful.
2: And so, yeah, this will be four. Wow. Okay, very good, very good. And and you guys have been, if I remember correctly, every one of those has been successful. Yes. Okay, very good. All right, so, uh, Braden, of uh, course, this is one of your things. What other things are you doing? We talked a little bit about what Frank is also doing. How about you? Are there other projects you're working on?
1: Yeah, so uh, I we actually – I actually just founded a new company called Pugmara Studios, and we are opening up a whole lot of new – we have a whole new book coming out called My Grandmother is a Demon Slayer.
2: <laughs> okay. And,
1: yeah, so – and then we have – I have a horror – uh, anthology short book comic book I'm working on it's called uh the feast
2: of the immoral all right so that, that's coming out uh, yeah way frank, later on this year okay frank's talked about the website frank the writer uh, is that is that the name of the website frankthewriter.com
0: yep okay so i got there right. my moniker i have a, uh, that's my handle for all my uh social media too is that your website yeah, website and okay. social media handle. Frank the Writer, make it
2: easy. For yeah, I want to make sure on that one because people need to know how to be able to get a hold of it. Now, Braden, your turn now. You said you got a new company. Have you got a website up for that? Yeah, so uh, you can find us at
1: com. I'm pretty sure it's .com. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. I founded the company with Camry Lapka, and she's a very talented local artist. Okay, well, how do you spell that? P U G,
2: M E. RA studio okay dot com. so that we'll do that now are you also on facebook and and other social media yeah you
1: can find me on facebook braden cox uh you can find camry lapka
2: also
1: on instagram and
2: facebook okay very good very good so this is going to keep you guys busy see in a way this is couldn't be a better time because People can't go to the comic stores when we're talking, and it looks like it's going to be that way for a while. So, if you're interested in comics, Kickstarter is a good way to be able to, you know, scratch that comic itch while it's going on. So, this will be something to do. And of course, uh, well, maybe we should ask: uh, When do you th- expect the book's going to be available for for uh, supporters, Frank?
0: Uh, well, not, I would say 80% of the book is finished. The only thing that's not finished is the artwork. For the final, the final uh, story, because we're waiting to see how the poll turns out. Mm-hmm. But uh, as soon as, as soon as the the Kickstarter's finished, you can put the art for that into high gear. I think we've all rewards should be delivered by summer.
2: Okay. Wow. So it'll be pretty quick. Some people
0: are not as far along as
2: you guys are on these things, and it takes sometimes months. And I sometimes forget that I've even done it. Uh, there was a book called a "Touching Evil." That I moved right when the, the rewards were coming, and it must have gone to my house and not got, didn't follow me through. And I, I was interviewing the creator Dan Doherty, and all of a sudden I said, "Man, this is so familiar to me." And I looked. I, I, he, I had bought a book from him at a convention, and I opened up the back and then thanked all the, the supporters, and there my name was. And I said, "Ha! Oh, I knew I, I, I heard of this book before." <laughs> So it's good that you guys keep up and get the this, this stuff delivered quickly. That'll be really helpful because, I don't know, even in June, who knows how things are going to go as far yeah, as uh, comics go. I'm so you might be
0: – I'm not a big fan of launching Kickstarters and only having like 5% or 10% of the book done. I like to have the bulk of it done so that people aren't waiting forever. And then we can uh, – I can feel confident when we launch the, our next Kickstarter because – We've, we fulfilled the previous one, you know? Like, there's nothing worse than trying to move on to a next project when you have backers that are still waiting on your last one. I think Kickstarter
2: now has reached a point where they won't let you do another Kickstarter if you haven't fulfilled the one from the one before. Although I could be wrong on that, but I think I heard of one person who was so far behind in fulfilling the wound that they said, no, don't do another one until you get this taken care of. So I don't know if they do that regularly or if that was just an, uh, an unusual case or what it was, but...
0: Uh, Kickstarter is definitely trying to to up their game a little bit in in holding creators to the fire and making sure that they deliver. They have a kind of like a rating system where you where you rate the projects that you're that you backed, whether you give them a, a, a smiley face or a frown. So they're they're definitely trying to to have some sort of accountability measure.
2: Because I always like to point out that there are a lot of people who say after Marvel, Kickstarter is the next biggest producer of comics. Which
1: oh, are? yeah. I remember them. I remember they were talking about last year that the comic section within Kickstarter had made the most that it has ever made within the last few years that Kickstarter has been on there.
2: Wow. Wow. Well, see, that, so you guys are doing a good thing. This is a good place to be. I think that uh, Kickstarter is only going to get more popular, especially right now when there's a downtime. Because, you know, the terrible thing is, I hate to tell you, is that, I, and I wrote this in a column I wrote, it's going to take a while for the comics to get back into gear again. I mean, you have to go, we have to restart the whole process, which means people have to have this product, you have to send in your stuff so they can make the previews, and then the previews has to go to to uh, people uh, go to the stores and then the, the people look through it and make their orders and two months later the stuff comes so we're talking probably fall before a lot of this stuff will get back in case and that's, that's if and that's a big if at the moment that diamond will you know arise uh, from the dead at this point so I'm not sure what's going to happen.
0: Yeah we're definitely in charted territory so who knows if it's going to be business as usual and the status quo is going to remain intact in the months to come.
2: Because I'm hearing DC is looking into other alternative things. I'm hearing conflicting things. And this will be resolved by the time this post. But whether or not they were going to post this week's comics. Some people are saying Wednesday. Some people not at all. Some people say Thursday. I, I'm like, I, I don't know. They, they made a case that there's two different audiences. There's the digital and then there's the, the print audience. And some people got real mad about that because they want to support the stores. Which I understand. But on the other hand... A little money will keep these companies going. It might not be a bad idea to do that. But we'll see. This like you said, uncharted territory. I, I, it's the, I was standing in the comic store before they closed down last week, and I had this weird feeling as I looked around like
0: I wasn't going to be back here for a while. I had the same exact feeling in mind because we weren't allowed in the stores. We, they, was, they had curbside pickup because mm-hmm. uh, I'm in New York, so Cuomo ordered all non-essential businesses to shut. Mm-hmm. And so but they still had books that they had to get out, so they were off in curbside pickups to their pull list subscribers. Yes. And uh, I said I said bye to the, the shop owner and I said, um don't know when the next time I'm gonna see you is but I hope you stay safe. So yeah. It's just an odd thing
2: because I, I don't know what's gonna happen next. Because, you know, comics I always like to say is a habitual medium. You know, it's we go out of habit. If you go once a week or if you go once a month or something, you're always going and getting your stuff. And that keeps things going, and comics have subscriptions, and that's how a lot of the stores survive. So, uh, it, of course, this is a bad time if you're a collector. If somebody's running out and handing you comics, you can't rummage through and see which one it is you want. You take what they give you, and you pay for it, and you go. So, it's a, it's a weird time we're into. I'm really, really intrigued. Somebody's going to make a comic out of this, I'm sure. It's going to be the ultimate bad guy. going to be Corona coronavirus or something and we're going to get to see the stories about that and hopefully they're going to beat that coronavirus to, to a pulp somewhere <laughs> well i'd like to see but anyway as far as that goes so okay so we've got your uh, how to follow you guys and keep up with now you're keeping busy during this time right frank how about you is this is this a chance to catch up on stuff you you wanted to get to but haven't so far
0: you know, it, it's it's very tricky, because it's everybody's world is thrown upside down. Some people that don't have any kids, they're like, uh, I got all the time in the world, I'm going to pick up ten new hobbies, and I got three little ones at home that are not going to school now, so it's like, every single moment of every single day is a war in order to to keep them occupied. <laughs> <laughs> so, What's I three times I wish. Mm-hmm. How about you, Brayden? It's
1: about the same, actually, yeah, because, you know, I... I have kids, too, that aren't able to go to school, and so now I have to find ways to keep them entertained. But I've also been able to keep up – I've been able to keep up a good median of uh, catching up on some old writing and you know, even developing a board game prototype that I play with
2: my kids, and that seems to help out a lot, too. Oh, cool. Very cool. I'm I'm the opposite of you guys. I don't have a family. I'm just – it's just me most of the time, and so – I, but the bad news is when people find out I'm not busy, they say, hey, you could do this for me, and you could do that for me. So I'm actually busier than I normally am because everybody's looking for somebody to get something done. <sighs> so people I know seem to come to me. They always say give a busy person stuff and they'll find a way to get it done. Well, that's me. I'm I'm constantly on the run trying to get <laughs> things done. So I, I, in a way, I'm gonna I'm looking forward to being able to get out into the world again. and <laughs> do stuff. So uh, are, are you guys sh- staying in the house? Pretty much all of you, Frank, you guys are all staying in the house.
0: Yeah, pretty much staying in the house. I mean, uh, it's been a little cold, had some wet weather, mm. uh, been going on bikes, um, walks and bike rides and, and stuff like that. But you know, when you have spring break or the kids are out of school for for one reason or another, you got plenty of stuff to do. You go to the movies, you go to obstacle courses The playgrounds. All that stuff is off the table now, so you gotta you gotta get creative. Yoikes, How about you, Brayden?
1: Uh, when I'm not at work, yes, I'm at home. Okay. I'm so an you... essential worker. So I, I do healthcare. So.
2: Ah. Oh. oh, so we need to applaud you. You're. you're you, uh, do you guys get to wear masks and stuff like that? Yeah, we have mask gloves. We have all the necessary PPE that we need. Okay. Good. Well, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Because I, you know. It's so weird not being able to go out. The one thing I want to do more than anything is go out now. When they say you can't do it, I want to desperately go out there. Yeah, I know the feeling. I want to go outside so badly, but uh, the good news is i got people to talk with, like you guys and stuff, and so I think things are... I think this is going to be a great book. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, Frank, your stuff has always been fun when you you mash up with other folks. And Brayden, your stuff has always been great fun to read too. So I'm looking forward to this. Again, it's called Modern Godhood. And if you go to Kickstarter as of April 1st, and this will post after that, so it will be available right now for you to get out there and support. So after you listen to this, be sure to get out to Kickstarter and look for Modern Godhood. And you can catch up there, and you can get all kinds of good things. Available. So, so Frank and and uh, Braden, I wish you guys lots of success. Maybe we'll have Modern Godhood too if this goes over big. <laughs> we'll see. And anything's possible. All right. Well, you know, keep it up, and much success. And Braden, you you t- take care of those good people, and Frank, take care of your family. And I will talk with you guys soon. And I'm wishing a lot of success for uh, Modern Godhood.
1: Thanks, Wayne. all
2: Thanks, right Wayne. Well, it was
1: good catching up with you.
2: it for this episode. Be back next time I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then keep reading your comics.